Welcome to Nifty Thinking, where conventional marketing wisdom gets a reality check. I'm your host, Kevin Simcock. For over 25 years, I've shaped the world's most iconic Fortune 500 brands. I'm sharing everything that I know on how to turn average brands into legends using creativity and human design. If you want to transform your brand and impact millions, you're in the right place. We're taking a new approach to building brands, and it all starts with some nifty thinking. Hello and welcome back to Nifty Thinking. I'm your host, Kevin Simcock, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today's episode is a bit of a touchy topic, but I think it needs to be discussed. And so today's episode is about to return to the office or not to return to the office for this is the question. Now, I've been a part of some really heated and challenging conversations as of late with both executives and employees at a variety of different corporations. And this topic is a very sensitive one, to say the least. So I wanted to talk about it because I see a big change coming in the way that we do business and the way that companies are structured and how this will continue to evolve in the coming years. And I think we all know that, you know, COVID changed everything. Like literally it changed everything forever. And it forced us to work outside of traditional work structures and a typical work environment. But COVID is over and it's been over for a while. So why is returning to the office such a hot topic still. And I think most companies are now forced to rethink their operations and their working model. Some have adopted a hybrid model of either working two or three days a week in the office while you're able to work the other days from home. And some companies still want things to go back to the way that they were prior to COVID. So there's some companies out there that want people back in the office full time, five days a week. They don't want anybody working from home. And I find this dilemma, this friction over remote employees, a fascinating one. And I'm curious as to why this is such a hot topic for companies and employees. Let's get into it. Let's discuss this a little bit further. So I think first off, understanding and knowing that working remotely or freelance or in a contract position is not new. There are many professions that leverage this working model and are very successful at it. If you remember back a number of years, call centers or customer service centers outsourced all of their call service to cheaper labor markets and they've been doing this for years now. A lot of companies outsource their call centers to places like India, for example. And when you think about it, that is as remote a worker as you can get. And yet it's a viable option for the company and it works. Telehealth services where a person can have a remote call with either a doctor or a nurse practitioner have been around now for a couple of years and it works. 
you no longer have to be face to face, spend all that time traveling to a doctor, spend all that time waiting in their waiting room to get five to 10 minutes with a doctor and quickly tell them what's wrong with you. Now you can do all this from the comfort of your home and it works. In advertising, when we're shooting a commercial or if we're shooting video content, we have the ability to patch in the client remotely via video feeds so that they can view what we are capturing in camera live. Clients no longer have to be on set. So there's lots of different ways that I think companies and industries have evolved to incorporate remote working or including remote aspects of their business to make it successful. So if we're able to adapt and still maintain quality, why are so many companies demanding employees return back to work? What is it about the office environment that companies find so essential to their operation? And yet some people feel the exact opposite. Some employees don't want to go anywhere near the office again. And I think we need to take a look at what's driving the need on both sides of the conversation and get a bigger picture. So let's talk about the economy and how specifically the economy has changed over the last couple of years. I think COVID opened the eyes of many employees to the realization that they don't need to be in an office to be productive or successful. Companies also discovered that they can maintain productivity levels and quality with remote workers. And since COVID, employees now see a greater value in not having to commute in rush hour traffic every day. They see the value in having less exposure to office politics or annoying open concept office environments where they struggle to actually be productive anyways. A lot of employees find it more beneficial for them to work at home for a variety of different reasons. There is a large portion of the employee population out there that find it way easier to manage their time and prioritize and balance family along with their career and their work life by working at home because they're able to have more control over the things that matter most to them. Now, some employees lost their job during COVID and entire industries were impacted negatively. And so a lot of people found themselves in an environment where the companies that they worked for either closed or they were laid off almost permanently due to the change in their industry. And people were forced to find new revenue streams, new ways of making money. And so they were looking and finding ways to leverage their skills and talents in order to offset their income. The entire structure of employment changed during COVID. And along with it, the mindset of many employees changed as well. And this shift has given rise to the gig economy. Now, the gig economy is not a fad. The U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics released a study that predicted that by 2027, over 50% of the U.S. workforce will have gig jobs. And according to Zapier, 50% of millennials 
and 70% of Gen Zs currently have side hustles. The gig economy is estimated at $2.6 trillion in value. It's not a fad. That's a massive shift that's happening and changing the economy when it comes to employment. So now more than ever, people are recognizing that their knowledge, their skill sets, and their experience are valuable. And to some people, working independently is more valuable than being an employee. So not only has the corporate environment and the economy changed, but the mindset of the average person has also changed in terms of how they define their career. Employees have shifted their values and corporations have also shifted theirs. To me, this sparks a very interesting question. How important is corporate culture? Does corporate culture really matter to employees as much as executives want to believe it does? I think we have to look at how do we define corporate culture? Because I think there's a, there's a disconnect between a company's definition of what corporate culture is and an employee's definition of what corporate culture is. Because each of them, I believe, wants slightly different outcomes. Most companies would agree that corporate culture plays a very important role in maintaining an employee's happiness. Because there's lots of data out there that companies use and know that states if an employee is happy and receives positive feedback for their efforts, they perform better, which means they produce more. So the end benefit for a corporation, having a healthy corporate culture means increased productivity, increased profitability, increased shareholder value, and less expenditures. Is there a non-monetary benefit to corporate culture? Probably. Knowing that they're positively impacting the career path of many of their employees probably holds value too. But when you're looking at a P&L statement and a balance sheet, those things aren't on there. They're byproducts. The most important part that is on there is productivity, profitability, and shareholder value. Now, an employee, on the other hand, I believe most employees want an enjoyable place to work. They want a work environment that's free of stress, a place that respects their boundaries, a place that respects their career path as well as their personal lives. I think an employee looks at corporate culture and defines it as a company that offers recognition along with a sense of ownership over what they do and ongoing mentorship to progress in their career. I think to most employees, that's what they would consider company culture to be. And there's some interesting research that I found. There is a Gallup and Work Human research study that shows if the average organization of 10,000 employees doubled the number of employees who received recognition or praise for doing good work in at least the last seven days, that productivity gain would amount to nearly $92 million in cost savings. Now, you might be asking, well, how many companies out there have 10,000 employees? It sounds like a pretty big number. There are thousands of companies that have 10,000 employees or more. To give you an example, Walmart has over 2 million employees. Apple has close to 80,000 employees. So companies know that there is 
clearly a benefit to having strong corporate culture when you get it right. Which begs a question, do you need to work in an office to receive proper feedback and mentorship from a manager? If employees, if that's one of the biggest elements for them that helps define corporate culture, and if companies agree that maintaining happy employees is important and part of that maintenance is ensuring that they get proper mentorship and feedback from their manager, do you need to be in an office for that? And if not, then why the push to go back into the office? Can you not perform regular performance reviews via Zoom? Do they really need to be in person? I think, now I know what some of you are going to say, because some of you are probably going, yeah, but there's another side to this conversation. What about the in-office environment and the positive impact that it has on someone's career path and their advancement by having someone close to them that they could quickly just go to and have a discussion about a product or talk about a problem that they might be having as it pertains to a project that they're working on. And I agree that there are benefits also to being in the office. The osmosis and transfer of knowledge that you get just by being in proximity to people. The human interaction can't be replicated through a Zoom call. The camaraderie that you get by being part of a group and being part of an office environment all has benefits to it. And I think the real question is, is it not or should it not be up to them to decide if that's something that they want to experience? Because I think to some, the benefit of the freedom they get from choosing their own schedule and working from home far outweighs the benefit that they see or that they seem to get from being inside the office environment. And it might be because, well, they've never experienced it before. And if you don't know, you don't know what you want because you don't know what you don't know. And so I think there's an interesting argument on both sides of the equation when it comes to being in an office because there are perks and benefits to advancing your skill set and learning new skills, soft skills from being in an office environment. And I think that is crucial and important to certain people's careers. But should we be forcing that on people if someone doesn't want it? I've heard a few corporate leaders from a variety of different Fortune 500 companies, and I'm not going to say who, but there's been a few that have said things like, well, how do we know if the person at home is really doing their job all day or if they're just lying on the couch? And to that, I say, well, if they get their work done by the deadline they need to get it done, what does it matter? They're producing the way that you ask them to produce. They're delivering the tasks that you ask them to deliver. So what does it matter what they're doing every minute of the day? I've also heard people say, well, we're losing the culture of our company because people aren't in our office. But if people don't want to come back to your office, maybe your corporate culture isn't as strong as you think it is. More people are growing skeptical of corporations every day, and they don't believe the companies have their best interest in mind. Now, why do you think they believe this or think this way? 
Well, all you have to do is look at the actions of many corporations nowadays. It seems to be that there's a common headline that we see all the time now, which is large corporation lays off thousands of employees while they turn around and give themselves millions of dollars worth of corporate bonuses to their C-suite. More and more companies are proving to their employees that they are dispensable, that they are a liability instead of an asset, that they're a cost center instead of an investment. And through their actions, they're proving to employees that they're dispensable. But the harsh reality is they are. If you take a look at most balance sheets, labor is a cost center and a liability. And up until recently, I think corporations and companies have been the ones that were in control of that narrative and in control of the employee relationship. But we're starting to see a shift. Employees are now treating companies with the same disregard, either by working side gigs or starting their own businesses on the side while working for different companies. And they're doing this because they're hedging their bets. They know at some point that they're going to be let go. And so they're planning for it in advance. There are many videos on social media right now where people are recording the act of them being laid off and it's brutal. The days of working for a company long-term, climbing the corporate ladder and having the company take care of you, those days are over. They're gone. There are many who are adopting a new philosophy that working long-term for a company is actually detrimental to your career. There are a ton of 20 and 30-year-olds who are opting for a maximum of two to three years. They're working for companies for no more than two to three years, and then they're changing companies. And they're doing this to ensure that they maintain market value for their skills. They believe that the longer you stay at a company, the less money you make. And so this is making it harder for companies to retain good talent. And some corporations are even adopting the same approach. They know that their employees are only going to stay for a short time. So they're going to get as much out of their employees as they can in the two to three years that they're employed with them. And this, this friction, this lack of commitment on both sides is causing a rift between corporations, their image, their brand, as well as the commitment on behalf of employees. We see more and more companies laying people off. It seems to be the first step that companies take now to get their financial situation under control. It used to be laying people off was always a last resort. This lack of commitment is the driving force for so many employees to jump into the gig economy and start working for themselves. And I believe this is where the biggest change is happening. People are realizing that the idea of working for a company isn't as secure or rewarding as working for themselves. According to a research from MBO Partners, their study states that two out of three full-time independent workers believe that they're more secure than working for a company. Now, I know what you might be thinking and what you're probably saying to yourself, yeah, Kevin, but 
no job or career is guaranteed. And I would totally agree with you. But that lack of stability is exactly why people are contemplating getting into the gig economy. If nothing's guaranteed, then why not take the chance and work for yourself? Why not invest in yourself? Have all your hard work go towards building your own wealth instead of the wealth of others. It comes with a great big but, and that but is not everyone is cut out for being a business owner. Not everyone's cut out for being an entrepreneur or a freelancer, because it's not easy. There will always be those who want the ease and comfort of having a steady paycheck. But the rise of the gig economy is slowly shifting that, and it can't be ignored. So what does this all mean, and what happens next? I believe that AI is going to continue to impact our workforce, and it will continue to restructure the way corporations and businesses operate. People who are fluent in using AI within their profession will continue to be in high demand, and those that don't will be replaced. I believe corporations are going to continue to reduce the number of full-time employees, and eventually, they're going to have a small number of leadership roles that will manage the day-to-day, -day, and they're going to continue to leverage more and more contractors from the gig economy to offset their needs and the ebbs and flows of their business. Now, when it comes to marketing and advertising in particular, I think the changes are already happening. Large network agencies who are controlled by the holding companies, so the WPPs, Omnicoms, MDC partners, anyone who kind of falls under the umbrellas of the big holding companies, they're going to continue to be restructured and amalgamated, which means they're going to have a smaller footprint and a smaller group of leaderships and then outsource the rest of the services that they need. So as more and more creative professionals choose to create their own destiny, they're going to develop micro agencies and micro companies of three or four people. And they're going to be able to offer high quality work at a fraction of the cost of what large agencies can charge. Clients are going to have more choice, more talent, and more agile working models available to them than ever before. And I think we're going to see the era of big offices in downtown cores fade out. They're going to be smaller offices, smaller footprints. I think company culture is going to continue to be redefined. I don't think you're going to see company culture be defined any longer as being the perks that a company offers like pizza lunches or retreats or yoga classes. I think those days are gone. People don't see the value in those things as much as they once did. Instead, I think corporate culture will be defined by personalized career paths and the flexibility for an employee to customize their employment based on their life needs and their values. Someone might value vacation time over a higher salary. Someone might value career training over more days off. And I think this will become the more valuable corporate culture, individualized instead of institutionalized corporate culture. But this unique flexible offering on behalf of companies to their employees 
will become one of the main ways that corporations can actually differentiate themselves in the marketplace. Companies will be able to also use this as employee retention and an attraction strategy. I think we'll see a steady increase in the gig economy over the next five years. And as AI continues to evolve, it's going to continue to impact the workforce. The corporate economy is changing. And I, for one, think it's long overdue. I think the debate over going into the office or not will soon become a different conversation. And it's going to become, how do we adapt to the growing gig economy? Well, that's today's episode. I hope this gives you some interesting insights and some strategies for you to think about. And as always, if you have any questions about what we talked about today, or if you need help with your next project, please drop me an email. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Be sure to come back for more information, insights, and strategies on how to build an authentic brand and creatively market your business right here on Nifty Thinking.